إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد So in the last few sessions We've been going through the introduction to this book, Nawaqidul Islam, the nullifiers of Islam. We discussed various principles when it comes to uh, declaring somebody to be a non-Muslim. So now then we go into this actual risalah, into this actual small book that talks about ten particular actions that are deemed to be from the nullifiers of Al-Islam. So, Al-Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah ta'ala says, I'lam anna nawaqid al-Islami asharatu nawaqid. Know, have knowledge, understand, that the nullifiers of Islam are ten. And when we talk about the nullifiers of Islam, we mean something that makes it invalid. Just like when you talk about the nullifiers of wudu, there are certain things that are deemed as nullifiers of wudu, they invalidate your wudu, they break your wudu, as it is said. And the Sheikh mentions here, Al-Sheikh Al-Fawzan, Al-Nawaqid Jam'u Naqid, Wa Hiya Al-Mubtilat, Mithlu Nawaqid Al-Wudu, Ay, Mubtilatuhu, Tusamma Bin-Nawaqid, Wa Tusamma Bi-Asbab Al-Riddah, Another way to sometimes think about this, or another way to phrase this, is that these nullifiers of Islam, these actions that invalidate Islam, can also be thought of as the causes of apostasy. You could say, you could rephrase, and say that the nullifiers of Islam are, they are those things that cause apostasy for the one who falls into them. So these are reasons for apostasy, these actions that are going to be mentioned. They are causes and types of apostasy. وَمَعْرِفَتُهَا مُهِمَّ جِدًّا لِلْمُسْلِمْ مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يَتَجَنَّبَهَا وَيَحْذَرَ مِنْهَا And therefore, knowing this, knowing what these nullifiers are, knowing what these actions that are types of apostasy, if you fall into them, are, is very important for every Muslim. So that you can make sure you stay away from these actions and never fall into them. And that is just like we mentioned earlier in one of the previous lessons, the statement of Hudayfa, radiyallahu anhu, when he said, 
كان الناس يسألون النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن الخير وكنت أسأله عن الشر مخافة أن أقع في that the people used to ask the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم about the good things but I used to ask him about the evil fearing that I might fall into it otherwise. So he used to find out what the evil is in order to avoid it, to make sure that he would not fall into any of those evil actions. لِأَنَّ الْمُسْلِمْ إِذَا لَمْ يَعْرِفْهَا فَإِنَّهُ يُخْشَى أَنْ يَقَعَ فِي شَيْءٍ مِنْهَا if a Muslim doesn't know these things, doesn't know what actions can constitute apostasy, doesn't know what actions can equals kufr, then a Muslim may end up innocently upon ignorance, going and doing some of those things without knowing, without recognizing, without realizing the severity of the actions that he's doing. وَهِيَ مِنَ الْخُطُورَةِ وَالْأَهْمِيَّةِ بِمَكَانِ so these particular actions, it is of extreme importance that a Muslim recognizes them and knows them. Because these actions, if you fall into them, they are actions of apostasy. They are actions of kufr. That's why it's so important to know what they are in order to make sure that an individual stays well away from them. So these actions are termed as types of apostasy. What is apostasy? Islamically speaking, apostasy, when we talk about apostating from Islam, the meaning of it is Islam, to return, to come back out of Islam, to apostate. To return and come back out of Islam. So when you say in Arabic, irtadda, meaning apostated, the meaning of it is to come back, to return. So he has returned out of Islam, moved back away from Islam. That is the meaning of apostating, to turn back and to go away from al-Islam. In the ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, وَمَنْ يَرْتَدِدْ مِنْكُمْ عَنْ دِينِهِ Whomsoever from you turns away from his religion, فَيَمُتْ وَهُوَ كَافِرٌ And then he dies as a disbeliever, فَأُولَٰئِكَ حَبِطَتْ أَعْمَالُهُمْ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ then those individuals, their actions are destroyed. Destroyed in this world and in the hereafter. وَأُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ And they are the companions of the fire. Whom فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ They will remain therein forever. So in this ayah, Allah gives us a severe warning. وَمَنْ يَرْتَدِدْ مِنْكُمْ عَنْ دِينَهِ Whomsoever turns back apostates from his religion of Al-Islam. فَيَمُتْ وَهُوَ كَافِرٌ 
and then he dies in that state of being a kafir, he did not repent before dying, did not come back to Islam before dying, then that person who apostates, habitat a'maluhum, their actions are destroyed, finished, nullified, invalidated, in this world and in the hereafter, and they will be in the fire therein forever. And there are many other ayat of this nature in an ayah of Surah Al-Ma'idah, for example. Allah mentions, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَنْ يَرْتَدَّ مِنْكُمْ عَنْ دِينَهِ فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَهُ أَذِلَّةٍ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ عِزَّةٍ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ That all you who believe, whomsoever apostates from you, then Allah will bring another people, those whom He loves and they love Him. So again, a warning against those who apostate from the religion and they abandon and leave this religion. In the Sunnah, this is also mentioned, فَقَدْ قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لَا يَحِلُّ دَمُ مُرْئٍ مُسْلِمٍ إِلَّا بِإِحْدَى ثَلَاثٍ It is not permissible to take the blood of a Muslim except by one of three. أَثَيِّبُ الزَّانِ the, the, the one who uh, uh, commits adultery, the one who commits adultery, the one who is married commits adultery, then he is stoned. وَالنَّفْسُ بِالنَّفْسِ And to uh, place what they call the capital punishment upon the murderer, somebody who murders someone, and he is found guilty of that, then he can be killed as his punishment, the capital punishment as they call it, in exchange for the murder that he committed. That is Islamically possible too. And the third one mentioned in the hadith, التَّارِكُ لِدِينِهِ الْمُفَارِقُ لِلْجَمَاعَةِ The one who abandons his religion and separates away from the jama'ah. Abandons Islam, apostates, and leaves the jama'ah of the Muslimin. In another hadith, مَنْ بَدَّلَ دِينَهُ فَاقْتُلُوهُ Whomsoever changes his religion, apostates, then kill him. And of course that is within the Islamic framework of it being done by the legal authorities, by the ruler, not in any vigilante manner. فَإِنْ كَانَ الْمُرْتَدُّونَ جَمَاعًا لَهُمْ شَوْكَ فَإِنَّهُمْ يُقَاتَلُونَ كَمَا قَاتَلَ أَبُوْ بَكْرَ صَدِّيقَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ الْمُرْتَدِّينَ There is an example from the time of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ When those people, they refused to give the zakat. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ fought against them. حَتَّى أَخْضَعَهُمْ لِلْإِسْلَامِ Until they submitted to Islam, they were made to submit. وَقُتِلَ مَنْ قُتِلَ مِنْهُمْ عَلَى رِدَّتِهِ But whomsoever was killed from amongst them, upon that apostasy in the process, was killed. وَتَابَ مَنْ تَابَ مِنْهُمْ And some of them they repented. فَقَاتَلَهُمْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ مُحَقِّقًا بِذَلِكَ نعم. So Abu Bakr at that time, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ 
fought against them because of their refusal to give the zakat. Their refusal to give the zakat is denying one of the pillars of Islam. It is kufr to deny the pillars of Islam and reject the pillars of Islam. So they were fought against and some of them were killed and some of them they repented. وَإِن كَانَ الْمُرْتَدُّ شَخْصًا وَاحِدًا فَإِنَّهُ يُؤْخَذُ وَيُسْتَتَابُ If an individual apostates, then that person should be taken and explained to. You explain to him, you clarify to him, and you give him the opportunity to repent and come back to Islam. فَإِن تَابَ so either he does that, he understands and submits and accepts and returns to Islam, illa qutil, or he is killed by the authorities. وَلَيْسَ هُوَ مِثْلُ الْكَافِرِ الْأَصْلِ لِأَنَّ الْمُرْتَدْ عَرَفَ الْحَقِّ The apostate is not exactly like an actual kafir from the basis of being a kafir in his life. Because the murtad is somebody who has been in Islam and then left. So the murtad is somebody who was Muslim, living as a Muslim, knowing, having knowledge of Islam, praying, tawheed, knowing these affairs, or having a knowledge of these affairs. Upon knowledge he then left, after knowing all of that, then that individual, uh, he is somebody who knew the truth, was upon the truth, yet he left the truth. That is different to somebody who is kafir, born, raised, or born upon Islam, but then raised as a kafir, living as a kafir, who never knew the level of detail and knowledge of somebody who was actually a Muslim. So the one who apostates, then that individual is upon a severe situation. Because the one who apostates was upon Islam, he was upon the truth, he knew the religion, and yet after that, he leaves the religion and apostates, then this is something severe. So a person does not abandon the religion playing around in this way, and it is something of the most severe of actions that an individual uh, abandons the religion and apostates. So, the murtad is the person who leaves Islam, who turns his back on Islam, and exits from the fold of Islam. Now then, we go into the first actual action that is mentioned, that is deemed an action that nullifies your Islam, that is deemed as an action that is from the types of apostasy, and that is al-awwal, the first one, al-shirku fi ibadatillah. The head of them all, of course, is shirk. Associating partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no doubt this is the greatest form of apostasy. It is the greatest form of apostasy. What is the definition of shirk exactly? Sarfu shay'in min khasa'isillah li ghayrillah. 
taking away some act of worship that is only supposed to be for Allah alone, taking away something that is supposed to be specifically for Allah alone, and redirecting it to others besides Allah. So for example, dua. Dua is an act of worship to be done to Allah alone. Somebody who redirects it to the dead in the graves is committing an act of shirk. Slaughtering is an act of worship in the name of Allah. Allahu Akbar. You slaughter. Bismillah. In the name of Allah, you slaughter. Slaughtering in the name of others for the sake of others. Slaughtering for other than Allah becomes an act of shirk. So any act, anything that is from the specifics of Allah, from the worships to Allah, if you redirect any of those to others besides Allah, then that is deemed in the banner of being shirk. So that could be in various ways. If somebody was to redirect an aspect of the rububiyyah of Allah, that would be shirk in the rububiyyah. Rububiyyah of Allah, that Allah is the sole creator, provider, sustainer, the one who gives life and death, the one who controls the universe alone. Anybody believes there are others who can give life and death? There are others who participate in controlling the universe. There are others who provide for us and sustain us. Then that person has committed shirk in the rububiyyah of Allah. It could be that a person commits shirk in the uluhiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is with regards to your worship to Allah. The examples that we gave now about dua and slaughtering. Any type of worship you do to other than Allah. A worship that is supposed to be only purely for Allah. All worship. Any worship you do for other than Allah then. That becomes shirk in regards to the uluhiyyah, the worship of Allah. And similarly, you could have shirk in the names and attributes of Allah. Al-asma'u wa-sifat. In the names and attributes of Allah. So if a person was to give those names to others besides Allah, as the mushrikeen used to do, Allah wal-uzza wal-manat, they were taken from the names of Allah. They distorted them. Allah, one of their idols, from the name Allah. Al-Uzza, one of their idols, from the name Al-Aziz. Al-Manat, one of their idols, from the name Al-Mannan. So they took the names of Allah and they distorted them. And they gave them to their other idols and deities. So the greatest form of apostasy, the greatest of evil... The one that is mentioned, Allah will not forgive if you die upon it. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَعْ That Allah does not forgive that you commit shirk with Him, but He forgives all else to whom He wills. So this is no doubt the greatest and the most dangerous type of apostasy, that of shirk itself. Shaykh al-Fawzan says, وَهُوَ أَنْ يَعْبُدْ غَيْرَ اللَّهِ بِأَيِّ نَوْعٍ مِنْ أَنْوَاعِ الْعِبَادَاتِ That you worship others besides Allah with any type of worship 
from the various types of worship. Any worship that you do to others, uh, worship that is supposed to be for Allah alone, then that becomes a type of shirk. The Shaykh says, you see these days, كَثِيرٌ مِمَّنْ يَدَّعُونَ الْإِسْلَامِ So many people who claim to be upon Islam, يَبْنُونَ الْأَضْرِحَ وَيَطُوفُونَ بِهَا They build shrines and tombs upon the graves of the deceased, and then they make tawaf around them. وَيَذْبَحُونَ لَهَا And they slaughter for them. وَيَنْظُرُونَ لَهَا And they make vows upon their name. وَيَتَقَرَّبُونَ إِلَيْهَا And they seek closeness to them. يَقُولُونَ لِأَنَّهُمْ تُقَرِّبُهُمْ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَهِمْ يَتَقَرَّبُونَ لَهَا وَهِيَ بِزَعَمْهِمْ تَقَرُّبُهُمْ إِلَى اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى They say, as we've discussed before, that these deceased in the graves, they bring us closer to Allah. They are a means for us to gain closeness to Allah. They intercede for us. All of these types of things that they say, and they raise the deceased in their graves, and they make dua to them. Despite Allah saying, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دَعَانِ That I answer the dua of the one who calls upon me. If they ask you about me, then indeed I am close. I am the one who answers the dua of the one who calls upon me. Similarly, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ ادْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ And your Lord said, call upon me, I will answer you. So these individuals, when they call upon others, and they make dua to others, uh, and they make the, the direction of their worship to the deceased in the graves, then all of these are acts of shirk that they are falling into. فَيَنْبَغِ مَعْرِفَةُ هَذَا Therefore we need to know this. فَالشِّرْكُ بِاللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ هُوَ أَخْطَرَ الذُّنُوبِ Shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is from the most dangerous of sins, وَأَعْظَمْ الذُّنُوبِ And the greatest of sins, وَمَعَ خَطَرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ وَقَعَ فِيهِ كَثِيرٌ مِمَّنْ يَدْعُونَ الْإِسْلَامِ Despite how dangerous and evil this is, many people who claim Islam have fallen into it. Many people out there claiming to be Muslim, end up into these affairs of shirk, doing tawaf around graves and all types slaughtering to graves. They fall into shirk yet claim to be upon Islam. وَلَا يُسَمُّونَهُ بِاسْمِ الشِّرْكِ Of course those people who fall into this shirk, they do not call it shirk. They say this is tawassul. We are doing tawassul. This is wasila. They give it these other types of names and in reality... This so-called tawassul and wasila and shafa'a that they name it as, it is all in reality shirk. Calling upon others and relying and depending upon others besides Allah. There is the issue of ignorance. There is the issue of ignorance that a person may not know and they may commit shirk. And that we discussed in the principles at the beginning about establishing the evidence upon an individual, removing the doubts, clarifying to them, etc. 
So then, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah ta'ala, goes on and quotes the ayah, the way Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ That Allah does not forgive that you commit shirk with Him, but He forgives all other sins to whom He pleases. هَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الشِّرْكِ هُوَ أَعْظَمُ الذُّنُوبِ بِحَيْثِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ لِصَاحِبِهِ إِلَّا إِذَا تَابَ مِنْهِ this indicates that shirk is the greatest of sins. That Allah does not forgive a person who committed shirk if that person dies without repenting. Whereas other sins, if a person had committed some other sin, he dies never having sought forgiveness for that other sin, he can still be forgiven. It's possible. Other sins, you may still by the mercy of Allah be forgiven. You may not, you may be punished, but some may just be forgiven by the mercy of Allah. For other sins it's possible. For shirk, a person dies upon shirk, that is not a sin that can just be forgiven, or that Allah will forgive. That is not a sin that Allah will forgive, as Allah mentions in the Quran, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ that Allah does not forgive that you commit shirk. As for other sins, even major sins, fornication and drinking alcohol and stealing and taking interest, major, major sins, yet, even if a person died never having sought forgiveness from them, it is possible the person may still be forgiven. It is possible the person may still be forgiven even though he died never having sought repentance. That, as the scholars say, is تحت المشيئة. It is under the will of Allah on that day. All these other sins, lesser than shirk, they are all under the will of Allah on that day. Maybe Allah will forgive you anyway. Maybe though, you will be punished for those sins and cleansed of them, and then in the end entered into paradise. So people who commit major sins, they are fusaq. They are clear sinners. But that does not make them kuffar. Committing major sins, as we've discussed, makes them fusaq. Makes them absolute sinners. They have fallen into great error and major sins. But it does not necessitate or dictate that they are now kuffar. It does not mean that they have fallen into shirk. Somebody who steals, it does not mean that he has now committed shirk. So those people, they have fallen into major sins. Their iman as a consequence will be decreased. Whenever you commit a sin, sinning decreases your iman. Sinning decreases your iman. So these people, when they commit these major sins, it will take away chunks of their iman. And you rule upon them that they are fusaq, that they have committed fisq. 
And if they were to die upon those major sins, never having repented, فَإِنَّهُمْ تَحْتَ الْمَشِيئَةِ They are under the will of Allah. إِن شَاءَ اللَّهِ غَفَرَ لَهُمْ بِمَا مَعَهُمْ مِنَ التَّوْحِيدِ وَإِن شَاءَ عَذَّبَهُمْ بِذُنُوبِهِمْ If Allah wills, He may still forgive them, because at the end of the day, they've committed all of those major sins, but not committed shirk, so they were overall people of tawheed. They are people of tawheed, but they committed sins, major sins, but not shirk ever. So they are people of tawheed. They died upon tawheed, but they were sinners. And these are known as usat al-muwahideen. The sinners of the people of Tawheed. Sinners from the people of Tawheed. What's the ruling on the sinners from the people of Tawheed? That on that day, they will be under the will of Allah. Maybe Allah will let them pass anyway, forgive them. They are people of Tawheed. Those sins, even major sins, may just be forgiven, they go to paradise. Or, maybe because of those sins, Allah will punish them first. But in the end, because they are people of Tawheed, they never committed shirk, in the end they will be taken out and put into paradise. So that is what's being mentioned here. That all other sins, major sins even, they can still be forgiven. But shirk is a sin that if you die upon it without repenting, it will not be forgiven. So when Allah says, وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ That Allah will forgive everything besides shirk, it indicates that all other actions can be forgiven. But shirk will not be forgiven unless you specifically sought forgiveness from it before dying. وَأَنَّ الشِّرْكُ وَأَعْضَمُهَا وَأَخْطَرُهَا فَدَلَّ عَلَى خُطُورَةِ الشِّرْكِ وَأَنَّهُ أَعْضَمُ الظُّنُوبِ So this indicates the severity of shirk and that it is certainly the greatest sin. That is the one which cannot be forgiven if you die without repenting from it. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّهُ مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْجَنَّةِ وَمَأْوَاهُ النَّارِ وَمَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ مِنْ أَنصَارِ that indeed, whomsoever commits shirk alongside Allah, associate partners alongside Allah, then indeed Allah has made haram upon that person paradise. Allah has made the paradise haram upon him. He cannot go to paradise then, committing shirk, dying upon shirk. <laughs> his residence will be the hellfire. وَمَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ مِنْ أَنصَارِ And those oppressors, those people of shirk, they do not have any helpers. So this ayah mentions very clearly that the mushrikeen, they have no aid and no helpers. Those whom commit shirk with Allah, Allah has made paradise haram for them. حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْجَنَّةِ Allah has made paradise haram upon him. The one who commits shirk, and dies upon that shirk without repenting. فَهَذِهِ عَاقِبَتُهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ أَنَّهُ حَرَّمَ عَلَيْهِ الْجَنَّةِ يعني منعه من دخولها منعا باتا مطلقا لا مطمع له فيها 
أين يذهب إذا لم يكن من أهل الجنة فأين يذهب يصير عدما لا مأواه النار خالدا مخلدا فيها So this is the end result of the person who commits shirk and dies upon it that he will be in the hellfire forever with no possibility of exit from it no hope of exiting from it and he will be in there forever being punished and the mushrikeen mali dhalimina min ansar they do not have anyone to aid them or to help them or to get them out of the fire they do not have anyone yashfa' lahum 'inda Allah who can go and speak on their behalf to Allah to have them removed whereas the believers the category we were talking about people of tawhid never committed shirk but they committed other sins major sins maybe they may end up in hellfire because of those major sins but in the end because they were overall people of tawhid never committed shirk once they've been punished for the sins they'll be taken out and put into paradise Even in the narrations it mentions that some people, some of the Muslims, on that day they will say to Allah, our brothers, our brothers, they used to pray with us and fast with us and do hajj with us, but they are not here. They have ended up in hellfire because of sins, people of Tawheed. So then Allah will say to them, go and remove them, take them out, those whom you know. So then they go and remove them from the hellfire. And then afterwards, even those with half an atom's weight of iman are removed from the fire. And then in the end, Allah says, now you have removed everyone. The only ones now remaining, what is left now, is my mercy. And by the mercy of Allah, Allah removes all the others who are upon tawheed. So the people of tawheed, they do not remain in the fire, even if some of them may be punished in the fire initially for other sins that they had done. Here then, if we now understand that the greatest sin, the greatest form of apostasy is the actual act of shirk itself, we now do need to look into this issue of shirk in a bit more detail. Because shirk isn't just, as some people may think, prostrating to an idol or prostrating to a grave. There are various acts that can be deemed, that can be considered as acts of shirk. So here, Al-Sheikh Bazmul, Al-Sheikh Muhammad Bazmul, Hafizahullah, he mentions, فَإِذَا كَانَتْ تَوْحِيدُ تَوْحِيدُ أُلُوهِيَّةِ وَتَوْحِيدُ رُبُوبِيَّةِ وَتَوْحِيدُ الْأَسْمَاءِ وَالصِّفَاتِ فَإِنَّ الشِّرْكَ يُقَابِلُ هَذِهِ الْأَنْوَاعِ الثَّلَاثَةِ When it comes to Tawheed, we know that Tawheed is of three broad categories. Tawheed of Allah in the Rububiyyah, Tawheed of Allah in the Uluhiyyah, and Tawheed of Allah in Al-Asma' wal-Sifat. Tawheed of Allah in the Rububiyyah is that you single out Allah with all those actions that are specific to Allah. What actions are specific to Allah that you must single out Allah with? The action of creating the heavens and the earth. Only Allah did that alone. The action of giving life and death. Only Allah does that alone. The action of controlling the universe and everything that happens in it. Only Allah does that alone. 
the action of providing for us the rizq, sustenance, only Allah does that alone. The action of sending down the rain upon us, only Allah does that alone. These are actions that only Allah does alone. Nobody else participates in that, has any share in that. You must single out Allah with all of those types of affairs. That is the tawheed in rububiyyah. If you didn't, and you claim that there are others who control the universe along with Allah, there are others who give life and death along with Allah, or help Allah in doing that, aid Allah in doing that, then you have committed shirk in rububiyyah. In uluhiyyah, tawheed of uluhiyyah means that you will make all of your worship, worship from your heart, from your tongue, from your limbs, all of your worship purely for Allah. If you make any aspect of your worship directed to others besides Allah, then you have committed shirkin uluhiyyah. Just like the mushrikeen at the time of the Prophet ﷺ did. They used to worship Allah. But at the same time, they used to worship others besides Allah. They used to love Allah. But at the same time, they used to love others besides Allah. Hence in the Qur'an Allah mentions, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَتَّخِذُ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنْدَادًا يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ There are those, Allah says, those people who take partners alongside Allah and they love these other partners just as they love Allah. They worship Allah but they worship them too. As for the believers, their love is pure for Allah. Their worship is pure for Allah. So the one who splits his worship between Allah and others, he's committed shirk in uluhiyyah. And the third type was the shirk regarding the names and attributes from those affairs that are specific to Allah. Allah has the perfect and beautiful names and attributes. And the one who commits shirk in that, in distorting them, in removing them, and applying them to creation, etc., then that person has committed shirk in the names and attributes of Allah. So therefore shirk can be considered in those three categories too. Tawheed is tawheed in rububiyyah, tawheed in uluhiyyah, tawheed in al-asma'i wa-sifat. Shirk therefore can be shirk in rububiyyah, shirk in uluhiyyah, shirk in al-asma' wa-sifat. وَمِنَ التَّقْرِيرِ السَّابِقِ تَعْلَمْ أَن تَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الشِّرْكَ فِي أُلُوهِيَةِ اللَّهِ بِأَنْ تُصْرِفَ شَيْئًا مِنَ الْعِبَادَةِ لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ وَهُوَ نَوْعٌ مِنْ أَنْوَاعِ الشِّرْكِ وَلَيْسَ كُلُّ الشِّرْكِ فَلِمَاذَا نَصَّ الْمُصَنِّفُ عَلَى الشِّرْكِ فِي الْعِبَادَةِ دُونَ غَيْرِهِ Now there's an issue here to note. If you notice in the text the first action mentioned from these ten actions that are actions of shirk and apostasy. The first one said, Ashirku fi ibadatillah. Shirk in the worship of Allah. That is shirk in the category of uluhiyah. How come in the first action he's mentioned, he has specified Shirk in uluhiyah. When shirk can be in rububiyah, it can be in names and attributes, all of that is shirk. All of that is from the first greatest action of apostasy and greatest action of kufr. 
shirk overall. So why has he specified shirk in uluhiyah? When in reality, it's all of the shirk that counts here. The shaykh explains here. He says, firstly, because the tawheed of al-uluhiyah, it comprises of, it includes tawheed of rububiyah in it and tawheed of al-asma'u sifat in it. Because when you worship Allah alone, that means you already believe in and agree that Allah has tawheed of rububiyah. You believe Allah is the only provider, sustainer, creator, gives life and death. That's why you're worshipping Allah alone. You believe Allah has all the beautiful names and attributes and the perfect names and attributes. That's why you're worshipping Allah alone. So the fact that you've got Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah means that you've got Rububiyyah and al-Asma'u Sifat. So maybe that's the reason why the Shaykh mentioned it as as Shirk in the Tawheed of Uluhiyyah because that includes the Shirk in the Rububiyyah and the names and attributes. That is one possible explanation. The second possible explanation is that throughout history, all of the people who went against their prophets and messengers, the people who went against Nuh alayhi salam, the people, the mushrikeen who went against Musa alayhi salam, the mushrikeen who went against Ibrahim alayhi salam, the mushrikeen who went against Isa alayhi salam, mushrikeen who went against Muhammad alayhi salam, all of those, they went against the prophets and messengers over which type of tawheed? Rububiyyah, uluhiyyah, or names and attributes? Uluhiyyah. That was always the key one. It was never about them arguing with the Prophet ﷺ that Allah isn't the one who gives life and death. They believed that. They never argued against the Prophet ﷺ, Allah isn't the one who gives us sustenance. They believed that. They never argued that Allah is the one who created the heavens and the earth. They believed that. The issue was always, but we want to worship others too. We want to do intercession with these other idols and these other deceased. The issue was always uluhiyah. That was always the key. Of course, the others have bearing, have a, a, a role to play within it too. But the key issue was always the dispute of the mushrikeen in uluhiyah. So maybe the shaykh has specified that in his opening title in action number one, because that is the key one throughout history. The others, they come in along it, but that is the key one. Maybe that is the reason. Thirdly, another reason why maybe he mentioned that specifically, when of course we know that action number one overall is about performing shirk, any type of shirk. But maybe another reason why he mentioned the shirk of Uluhiya is that the majority of people who fall into shirk throughout history and in our time now, the majority of people around the world who fall into shirk, which category of the three do they fall into? Shirk of Uluhiyah. Majority of people who go and do tawaf around the graves, or, or they call upon the dead, they don't say to you that we believe this person in the grave, he has ability to create and he has ability to control the universe and to give life and death. Not particularly. Many of them, it's lesser. They say, no, no, we don't believe in any of that. We don't commit shirk. We just believe that this person was pious 
and he will be able to take our dua to Allah better for us. That's what they say. He's pious, we are sinners. We make dua via him. He is close to Allah, the awliya of Allah. He'll be able to get our dua answered better. That's what they say. So the majority of the shirk of the people is in the category of uluhiyah. So maybe that's the reason why the shaykh he specified the category of uluhiyah in this opening first action. Now there's a question here. When a person commits shirk, any type of shirk, does that mean instantly that it equals the person is now out of the fold of Islam? Shirk, does it mean an action of shirk always equals out of the fold of Islam? Why not? Because there are different types of shirk. Not every type of shirk equals apostasy out of Islam. Like we said right at the beginning, I think the first lesson, there is major shirk and there is minor shirk. There is major shirk and there is minor shirk. Major shirk, that equals apostasy out of Islam. Minor shirk does not. Minor shirk does not exit you from the fold of Islam. Major shirk exits you from the fold of Islam. There is an example of this. There is a hadith of Zayd ibn Khalid radiyallahu anhu qal. Kharajna ma'a Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aama al-Hudaybiyya. Fa'asabana matarun data layla. Famous hadith. He says one time we went out with the Prophet ﷺ on a journey, on a trek, the year of Hudaybiyyah. And one night, they were out on the journey, at night they would camp up, in the morning carry on journeying. One night when they camped up, it rained at night. In the morning when they got up, فَصَلَّى لَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ They woke up in the morning, they prayed Fajr. After they finished the Fajr prayer, Salam, Salam, the Prophet ﷺ turned around to face them. ثُمَّ أَقْبَلَ عَلَيْنَا فَقَالْ Turned around after the Fajr prayer finished to face the Jama'ah, all of them now. And it had been raining overnight. He said to them, أَتَدْرُونَ مَاذَا قَالَ رَبُّكُمْ Do you know what your Lord said? The Prophet ﷺ turned around to them and said to them, Do you know what your Lord said? They said, قُلْنَا اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَعْلَمُ Allah and His Messenger knows best. فقال, so the Prophet ﷺ said to them, that Allah said, قَالَ اللَّهُ أَصْبَحَ مِنْ عِبَادِي مُؤْمِنٌ بِي وَكَافِرٌ بِي From my servants, there are some who have arisen Meaning now overnight they had been sleeping and now they've got up to pray Fajr, they have arisen. Some of them have arisen as mu'min and some of them have arisen as kafir. فَأَمَّا مَنْ قَالْ As for the ones who said, مُطِرْنَا بِرَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ وَبِرِزْقِ اللَّهِ وَبِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ فَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ بِهِ 
As for those who arose and said that the rainfall came upon us by the mercy of Allah and the provision and the sustenance Allah gave us and the virtue of Allah, then they are believers. Kafirun bil kawkab. And they are disbelievers in the stars. وَأَمَّا مَنْ قَالْ مُطِرْنَا بِنَجْمِ كَذَا فَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ بِالْكَوْكَبْ كَافِرٌ بِهِ As for the ones who say the rain came because of the stars. You know in the times of Jahiliyyah they used to believe the stars and the star signs and these things. Even now the star signs. They put them down. Sagittarius, Capricorn, this is going to happen to you, that's going to happen to you. All nonsense, lies. In the Jahiliyyah times they used to have that same type of thing about the stars. The stars means this and the stars means that and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. So in the hadith it says, whoever arose and said, the rain came because of the star constellation was like this or that. Because of the stars. Then those people have arisen as kafir. Now what does this mean? The ones who said that we have been given the rainfall because of the stars and the star constellations etc., that is obviously a statement of shirk. It's a statement of shirk. The stars didn't give the rain. They've got nothing to do with it. Lakin, but that statement, is it a statement of major shirk or minor shirk? It is a statement of minor shirk. As long as you do not have the aqidah that the stars actually themselves control the affair and they bring the rain. If you know that it is Allah who does that, but you believe the stars have some process involved within it, they have some impact within it, but it is Allah who sends the rain ultimately, then your statement is a statement of minor, minor shirk. Because overall you understand and you believe. Your aqidah is it is from Allah. But you got some type of belief that the stars have an impact on it all. When of course obviously they do not. So now your statement would be minor. So in this example that's why the shaykh mentioned it. When Allah said that some of them have arisen as kafir. Doesn't mean kafir out of the fold of Islam. Kuffar some of them. Doesn't mean that. Means kafir minor kufr. That they have said a statement which is not correct. There is no impact of the stars and the rain coming. It is purely from Allah. So that is an example. Another example, the hadith of Ibn Umar, radiallahu anhuma, where the Prophet said, Man halafa faqad ashrak. Whomsoever takes an oath by other than Allah, he's committed shirk. How many times? Do you see the people saying, he comes along and kids in the playground back in the day in school and everything, when they say something happens, I'm telling you, I swear on my mom's life, I swear on my dad's grave, that I never did this, I never did that. Now people do it, now people do it. I swear on my father's grave, I never took your money, I never did anything. They say it. That's taking an oath by other than Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever takes an oath by other than Allah has committed shirk. So all of half of your mates, 80% of your mates are the al-kuffar. 
all of the ones who do this regularly, as kids you remember in the days, I swear on my mom's life, I didn't do this, I, I didn't take your marbles. Whatever it is. Are they all kuffar, out of Islam, apostates? No. Because that is a statement of minor shirk. It is a statement of minor shirk. Because when you take an oath by other than Allah, it means that you are showing a great amount of respect for that thing. When they say, I swear on my mother's life. Why do they say that type of thing? Because they know everybody respects and honors the life of their mother. So you wouldn't expect me to lie if I swear in my mother's life. That's what it is. That type of respect and that type of nobility is only for Allah. Not to be given that type of respect and nobility, you're going to swear upon them to anybody besides Allah. So if you do it, then you've given too much respect and nobility, which is only deserving of Allah. That is then minor shirk. So that wouldn't exit you from Islam. So important to know this. That... The shirk is of two types. We mentioned that in the principles at the beginning anyway. But just to recognize again and to remember again, this first principle we're saying now, the greatest action that would cause apostasy, that would exit you from Islam is shirk. Mostly it's going to happen in the shirk of uluhiyyah. But remember, if you come across some narration like these ones now, talking about whoever does this, whoever does that, has committed shirk. Remember, that doesn't automatically mean that you say, well, number one action was shirk, therefore anybody who's done that, they are all kuffar. Because shirk can be two types, major and minor. So you have to bear that in mind before declaring people kuffar, etc. Or saying that these actions are declaring people to be apostates. So that is what we'll round off for today then. We'll carry on from that point next week, inshallah ta'ala, at the same time, 7 p.m. And we'll conclude upon that for tonight. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Any questions or anything before we go? Hmm. Hmm. Doing some things for other people. So, what about, for example, when a lot of people say, do a Hajj for their deceased father who didn't do Hajj, hmm. or give charity in the name of their, their parents? Hmm. Is that also part of it as well? There are certain things in the Sunnah we've been told are okay and allowed. Whatever Allah and the Messenger told us is okay, then it's okay, we can do it. Whatever they told us is not okay, then we can't do it. Doing hajj on behalf of somebody is allowed. There's a hadith. That's allowed. The Prophet ﷺ allowed that. There's an example. There's a hadith where they were going on hajj. And the Prophet ﷺ heard somebody saying, Labbaik an shubruma. He was doing labbaik. He was doing the hajj with the intention for somebody called shubruma. This man himself, his name wasn't shubruma. So the Prophet said to him, Who Shubruma? He said, He's a brother of mine or a cousin of mine. I'm doing it on his behalf. So the Prophet said, Have you done Hajj yourself for your own self? The man said, No. So the Prophet said, Do Hajj for yourself first, then you can do it for Shubruma. 
So it shows you are allowed to do hajj for other people as long as you've done your own hajj first. So that's allowed. Giving charity on behalf of the dead people, that's allowed too. That's in a hadith too. That إِذَا مَاتَ الْعَبْدِ انْقَطَعَ عَنْهُ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَافِ When a person dies, all of your actions are cut off except three things. One of them is ongoing charity. Ongoing charity can be done on your behalf too. Somebody can give charity with the intention, this is for my father, that I uh, give this charity on behalf of my father. That's mentioned in the hadith too. So things which are mentioned in the hadith, no problem. It's just when people start adding all types of other things, which are not in the hadith, that's where the problem is. So you can't start going and doing tawaf around the grave, you can't do other things like that, but charity, hajj, these things are in the sunnah, we can do those. Hmm. Okay, we'll round off there for tonight then, next week 7pm inshallah.